0: Good sex titty, everyone, and welcome to part one of Goth Angel Sinners, a podcast about anarchy, anarchists, and anarchism, and not about Lil Peep.
1: We're your hosts, I'm at TrueBot. And I'm Chloe. Here today to talk about shoplifting.
0: That's the intro. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like we need to introduce the topic of shoplifting just be like, so the reason we're talking about this is because uh, Twitter... (laughs)
1: So over the past few days, over hundreds of tweets and several dozen hours, we've had a lot of discussions about the concept of shoplifting and whether or not it's actually an immoral act. And I mean, we've collated just about every argument against it, just to use the word collated there. So let us go through them one by one and destroy their hopes and dreams.
0: So there are two main arguments against shoplifting that we've come across. Uh, The first is that it hurts workers. And the second, is that stealing is wrong. Um, and both of those are incorrect arguments, and we're going to talk about them so that uh, you know exactly why you're incorrect if you think those things.
1: Yes, that, that's what we're here to do.
0: So the, the first argument, that it hurts workers, if, if this is coming from a genuine place, then these people may have some sense of decency and they may be convinced with uh, facts and logic as to why they're wrong. But our research does show that most of them aren't actually concerned about that. So who cares?
2: So
1: companies in general don't actually have any incentive to when there is loss to theft to actually punish workers for that. If anything, it's more financially stable for them to assume when they're doing their budgeting beforehand, that there will be loss and to view that as an expense rather than to, as it happens, blame everyone there and cut their pay.
0: Yeah. And like part of that is that is coming from like this sort of mistake that people have about business where they think businesses are attempting to maximize profit at all times, always, which is not true businesses don't try to maximize profit they, they try to meet their target expected profit and being able to consistently meet their their goals is far better for their business than just taking whatever opportunity they can to maximize because those often fail
1: uh, a lot of this argument is based on the assumption that businesses don't know how to run a business and <laughs> that they're just winging it at every given moment which may be applicable to some small businesses but in general it's not like a default mode
0: on the subject of of shrink most uh losses that uh that businesses um in particular stores that are selling things not just any business most of the largest percentage of their losses not most but a plurality of their loss comes from employee theft not shoplifting so that alone like should clue us into the fact that employees don't actually care. Um, it, right. I believe it's 43% of total losses in retail come from employee theft. Right.
1: While doing extremely cursory research on this topic for my excellent article I wrote on my website, anarchy.website, check it out. I, I checked the, the Wikipedia article about retail loss prevention and then There's an extremely radicalizing quote, or at least I think it should be, with respect to employee theft, and there it says, Because associates have access to the entire building and during non-business hours, they're capable of creating substantial losses to the company over a longer period of time. So, I mean, and that's backed, obviously, by the numbers you just quoted, but the fact that employees can and should be doing the majority here so individual external theft instances really aren't statistically the most concerning
0: yeah employees are are the ones stealing stealing of most of the stuff they're the the front lines they should they're the front lines shoplifters are just the are just the reinforcements
1: the, the, the majority of the work should be done by employees, because um, they're really the ones with the access to uh, bulk materials. Um, on the topic of that Wikipedia page, there's a bit that I found personally quite hilarious where they say, the vast majority of thieves have one thing in common. They will steal only if they have the opportunity, which is... Funny in that what they intend for it to mean is that thieves are opportunistic which is as far as I know a fairly accurate thing in that most thieves are opportunistic most people that steal don't intend to steal when they enter the store but what it's actually saying if we were to take the sentence on its own is that people that steal only steal if they have the chance to steal as a uh, word nerd but not a nerd that is funny to me
0: you're a nerd um so a lot of people would say things like oh i'm not i'm not against mothers stealing food for their kids or whatever you know things like that like they're trying to paint themselves as being like oh i'm just against shoplifting not this thing that is also shoplifting
1: right there There was uh one guy either that was really in on this whole thing of like, oh, people don't steal like small items, they steal expensive things like iPhones, because it, it wouldn't be an internet debate if uh, people didn't mention iPhones every five or six posts.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, there's this, there's this wild idea that all shoplifting is teenagers stealing uh, $1,300 handbags and jackets and stuff, um, which is also okay. But most shoplifting is not that, actually. Um, And this 2005 uh, report from the Food Marketing Institute found that the most commonly stolen items from grocery stores were meat, over-the-counter medicine, baby formula, and uh, health and beauty products, which can be any range of things. Um, So you know, like. It, it it's not yes. people stealing iphones i don't even know how people would steal iphones right. like if they could good on them but like stores that sell iphones don't keep iphones like i sitting on shelves right
1: i mean not to immediately declare my power level here or anything but i have bought an iphone from a store before and it's difficult even when you're doing it legally um though i do imagine <laughs> that uh a lot of A lot of the red tape involved with the legal process of taking something out of the store is sort of skipped over by shoplifters, but there's a lot to do with, uh, and this is something that sort of applies to a lot of the arguments about like, oh, if if things are stolen, then stores won't stock them. Is There are things that people expect to be stolen, like iPhones and deodorant, and what actually happens is they put them in locked cases, and so... It's difficult to steal them unless you're, like, really into it. Which, I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of people that are.
0: You know who knows the opportunity to steal iPhones? Employees.
1: But the the fact is that uh, a lot of these things, in order to steal, you have to walk in with the intent because it's going to be a lot of... an uphill battle, essentially, because they are in locked cases that you're going to have to basically uh, pick lock while probably under surveillance and, like, sneak it out under that, so I don't think that it's really a, uh, reasonable thing to be, like, oh, all shoplifters are stealing these specific things that were, uh, predicted to be shoplifted, but actually aren't because they're in lock cases.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was also trying to find statistics about employees being punished or fired, um, for because of shoplifters, or like if that was even legal to do, yeah. Um, and I, I went through like twenty pages of Google results, so you know it's it's real uh, data. <laughs> Just so you know, I did the real research.
1: Yeah, hardcore.
0: But I literally didn't. I couldn't find anything about that because all, all I found, all the results were uh, articles about. Employees being fired for pursuing shoplifters or think pieces and blog posts from conservatives who said, who were saying that shoplifting hurts workers without evidence.
1: Right. Um, no, that's the uh, thing that I've uh ended up discussing a lot is the fact that, and mostly because I did write that and people tried nitpicking that specific part of companies can't. Uh really tell employees to seek shoplifters because essentially, so th- this is going to be extremely like a little little story here. So let- let's imagine in theory that you are working retail, you're behind a counter or something like that, and you see someone slip something into their pocket. What do you have at your disposal that allows you to stop this person? You can walk up to them and confront them verbally, which is harassment. And that's all you can do. You can harass them, which if you're wrong, you're definitely going to get charged with that. And if you're right, you're probably going to get charged with that. And alternatively, you can try to physically stop them or take the item away from them, which is assault or battery or whatever. I don't care. Um... And so the company can't encourage that because telling your employees to do illegal things typically leads to a lot of shit from a legal perspective. And companies typically prefer to path of least resistance kind of thing, not to do illegal stuff for the most part, especially when it comes to employees because they're extremely liability. So the company will more likely fire you for doing that because now they're liable for the fact that you're harassing people in their store than encourage you to do it. And of course, uh, discussing this got people to bring up this whole thing of like, well, you mentioned loss prevention workers as a separate group of people, what makes them different? And the difference is that loss prevention workers are allowed to typically through some like liability or something like that, according to law, stop someone who they are at least a certain amount confident that that person took merchandise past a point of sale, which depending on your state is either like the cash register or the doors. And so what they're allowed to do is essentially detain you, but there's like a limitation on how much force they can use and of course that's all very fuzzy but nonetheless they unlike the rest of the retail staff are allowed to grab and detain someone that they believe shoplifted while calling the actual police whereas all the rest of the staff can do without of course getting like fired or charged is just report it like take down license plate numbers kind of thing so that's that's why you're, you're more likely to get fired then encouraged to do that,
0: yeah, it, the, it doesn't it doesn't do anything to workers. yeah. It's almost as if the idea that shoplifting hurts workers is just like a scam pushed by those with institutional power in, in, in order to get those that ha- that they have institutional power over to hate people with no power that funny how that works
1: essentially uh because they can't directly encourage someone to try to stop shoplifters the best they can do is hope that you'll do it on your own or like feel the need to actually report it because i don't really have the numbers on this and probably be very hard to even gather accurate numbers on this but i feel like more people view it as a hassle to report theft that they notice then as like a it's something that they absolutely have to do is so by creating this sort of like notion that well if shoplifting continues you're the one who's going to be hurt it's motivating through punishment I would argue that punishment is really the only thing that they can do there because they can't really like pay you more to do it because then they're encouraging those illegal acts, as previously stated. So really,
0: they're also just not going to pay for doing that anyway. Like,
1: right. Well, they like, they, like yeah, because they it, don't
0: want it, to pay you more. <laughs> Another thing um is that businesses, if if employees don't report shoplifting that they see, then businesses don't know that things w- are missing. Until one time a year when they take inventory,
1: Well, it could be more often, depending on the company, but yeah,
0: okay, yeah, it depends on the company. Um, all my friends who work in retail said they do do inventory uh once a year in which but in which case, like they have no idea when like things went missing and therefore have no idea which employees let the shoplifters go unreported.
1: Places I've worked do- did more of like a rolling stock inventory thing of section by section just a- after places are stocked and stuff like that or beforehand being re-inventoried, that kind of thing. Sort of irrelevant to the the broader point of the fact that shoplifting as an act, if we're going to argue about the consequences of it, it doesn't really have an immediate consequence from a financial perspective. Yeah. Because it's a business and not two individuals. It's not like someone pays you and now you have money because you did a thing. It, it all goes into budgets. It all goes into revenue streams and it has to be taxed and it has to be gathered and gone through bank systems and whatnot. It's not like missing an item.
0: It becomes numbers in, in computer systems and on paper that nobody notices until they actually look over it.
1: Right. Like even if we want to go into like the exactness of like sort of things like theft, uh, say you are a cashier and you steal from the cash register. That's a bit more immediate because typically they count cash registers, but even that it's not until the end of the day. That's, that's the sort of thing that we're talking about is the fact that then they, they don't know, say like several cashiers have worked there during the day, of course, depending on the company they might keep track of, exact amounts between shifts but the idea in general is the fact that all they know is at the beginning of the day there was this much money at the end of the day there was this much and only this much went away to like change and whatnot so all they know is one of these people probably took money and it's the same thing that goes with shoplifting is all they know is somebody probably took something so if you want to go with like personal consequence meh Unless they catch you, like, red-handed. But even then, it's unsafe for them to do anything about it except possibly report to the police. And as far as I know, reporting it to the police doesn't always get you arrested. A lot of times, it just means you get a letter in the mail that says you owe someone money. Which, I get a lot of letters in the mail saying I owe someone money because I have, like, loans and shit. (laughs) If you feel emotions when someone says you owe them money, that's on you. (laughs) <laughs> they act like the act of theft is like a personal attack on someone when really it's just a numerical little event it's a blip It's an outlier in most cases even it's just we have this like projected pool of loss yeah turns out we, we have that kind of loss <laughs> it's like
0: an office space <laughs> where they where they take where they take the fractions of pennies that come about through transactions, except they fuck it up.
1: I think I've seen office space, but I don't remember having seen office space because I've seen clips of it and I don't recall the context,
0: it's like my favorite movie.
1: Yeah. Um, um, But yeah, people have this weird view of money that it's like some sort of like actual natural institution that we all have like this intrinsic connection to and not like a social system of numbers. Economy doesn't mean the study of the natural forces of human society. Economy means the uh study of the efficiency of resource distribution in a system. Yeah. And of course if we use that definition of economy, I gotta say, it's kind of shit. <laughs> Especially if you can't just walk yeah. into a store and grab something that you need.
0: Yeah. Um I I haven't read the book yet. I wanna read it soon. Uh but Abdullah Ochalan as a book um, and one of the chapters is called "Capitalism is not economy but power," um, which is a good, good opinion. I'm assuming it's backed up by something along the lines of economy is production and distribution of resources efficiently, um, and capitalism impedes that a lot. Right. So.
1: Right. <laughs> because if we're allowed to get totally off topic here, I don't think that what people think is economy is actually economical at all. Yeah. I think tokenizing people's behaviors into numerical values and distributing resources only so long as they're able to gather a certain amount of that value is kind of uh, not an efficient resource distribution. And people view that as a uh, necessity in that system rather than something that's really just getting in the way.
0: Yeah. I and mean, that's what that's what money and prices all are. I mean, there's more to it than this obviously and we won't get into I'm, I'm not going to explain David Graeber's debt the first 5000 years right now. Um but money is money and prices are largely a restriction on people getting the things they need, <laughs> preventing people from having a thing. And if the whole the whole point of your quote unquote economy is to prevent people from having things then how is it you know efficient distribution
1: economic systems aren't designed by people that actually want the economic system to be an efficient economy they're designed by people who specifically want themselves to benefit from it and it's typically as like a class action and that's where we get like ruling classes and whatnot because economics if if it's enforced economics isn't about efficiency in my opinion so social situations exist for mutual benefit and having to enforce a specific mode of economy is to go against that but we're getting sort of off topic
0: back to the topic yeah shoplifters aren't the ones hurting workers we could as i said i could not find like information about shoplifting or hurting workers but if your boss cuts wages or hours or takes money out of your paycheck or makes you go to unpaid trainings or whatever like that's your boss making you do that that's called wage theft um that's a thing that happens it also happens in every industry not just retail like your your boss is looking to fuck you over no matter what the the
1: only difference in retail is that they can use shoplifting as an excuse and you seem to just eat that shit up. Yeah. And actually this, this is sort of a thing that I have gotten into a bit of a discussion with someone about with the concept that uh, I'm saying that companies can't directly punish you for shoplifting because technically speaking, there's nothing you can do about it. And of course their, their response was, Companies can fire people for whatever reason, so long as it's non-discriminatory, based on, uh, according to them, this is in states with uh, right-to-work laws. And right-to-work laws are pretty sketchy in most cases, all, but it does kind of bring up the point of what does and does not a union actually do to protect workers against this supposed getting fired for theft that they couldn't do anything about.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, unions exist to, to settle disputes, to bargain collectively as workers with the boss and eventually take over the workplace and turn it into a workers' cooperative. At least that's what unions should be. There's a lot of bad unions out there. And if you have a bad union, that shouldn't mean you should hate unions. That means you should want a good union. Like perhaps the industrial workers of the world the IWW, just going to plug them. They're cool and they do a lot of good things. It it just seems to me like a lot of people are grossly misinformed on unions and on workers' rights and that's why like bosses can get away with punishing workers like this. And like and if you and if you are genuinely concerned about workers, then you should try educating people about unions and about workers rights and how to and how to protect workers from bosses that are looking to fuck them over and how to organize unions and how to make sure that you're respected and treated like a human being at work
1: how unions should at the at the very least be a uh, a union mm-hmm. of workers that are capable of defending each other when say Something gets stolen and then the boss is just like hey, let's fire someone even though they were completely incapable of doing anything about it
0: So joining us now is our is our friend Cheech. who is was a uh was a department manager at Walmart who can speak on the subjects of shoplifting and uh, shrink and uh, businesses hurting employees uh, as revenge
1: Hey Cheech Hello. So we're talking about the uh, ability of a company to punish workers for theft, essentially, and whether or not there is actually an intrinsic link between theft and workers.
2: Well, I I mean, I do have a little bit of insight with that, but just with that one company, because it actually is a policy to offset um, stolen goods towards uh, workers, not directly out of their pay. But out of things like bonuses, benefits, um like little side outings and sh- stuff like that, basically they throw you a bunch of scraps like you get to wear jeans at work day and then take it away when too much stuff gets stolen. and
1: I've discussed this idea as well as to uh because the company is uh, motivated to deal with theft before it actually happens, they're able to you know predict, project the amount of theft that they expect over a certain period which you know which essentially means that statistically speaking they know how much theft is going to happen
2: there's actually a a formula that every time like for example walmart joins a labor market the amount of hours reduced overall labor hours reduced is a certain percentage so they can hard calculate this stuff figure out how many people are going to be put below the desperate poverty line and then figure out how many people are going to be stealing, like, by comparing it to other places that do. And
1: so that's uh, essentially when they promise like financial benefits to workers when, for theft not happening. What they're saying is, we know theft is going to happen, but hey, if it doesn't, we'll throw you a bone.
2: Exactly. Trying to encourage, you know, the workers to rat on other workers because... Most theft is probably behind the counter,
1: at least in their
2: eyes. Uh, we previously
1: quoted a number putting it at forty-three percent, which is a plurality.
2: So, forty-three percent of um, worker or uh, theft that's employees. Forty-three
0: percent of of retail loss is employee theft.
2: Yeah, seems seems about
0: right. Then it was like a little over, and then it was like a little over a third of shoplifting.
1: And uh, if I recall correctly, the uh, three main categories of shrink are external theft, which is shoplifting; internal theft, which is employees; and then operational error, which I would assume is your uh, warehouse gets flooded and people bomb your shipping trucks and that kind of stuff.
2: Even more so than that, it's mostly um, errors in the actual ordering software, because they don't actually fund infrastructure for this kind of stuff. Well, even giant corporations like Walmart, they, uh, my biggest loss in the departments that I was overseeing at the time was from the warehouse, you know, they'd say they'd send you this many, but really, they're sending you this many. And it it ended up being most of it. So I I think a lot of those statistics that show worker theft and stuff don't account for like internal internal operating error and things like that, because they probably don't have access to those things.
1: Yeah, I, I believe like the only way they can be even like remotely certain is based on reports. So which is why of course they're they have that motivation to convince employees that theft hurts them the most because the only way they can know things are being stolen is if the act itself was reported. Otherwise it's all just, you know, errors in, in the numbers at the end of the quarter or whatever budgeting period they have. And all they can really do is like, Oh, well we expected number N, but we got N minus some amount. And so all they can do is was an employee, was it an error? Was it someone actually stole that? Who knows? There's no real, like, certifiable way to shift blame on numerical errors like that without actual reported
2: events. Exactly. And they're aware that it happens. They didn't want it to get out too much because like in the case of Walmart, they also own their distribution company. So if, you know, people got hint of how awful, you know, it's not like a well-kept secret or something like that, but it's not something they're going to want to publish on annual reports that stock you know, stockholders are gonna see that their their distribution system is totally incompetent and like can't actually do what they say it does.
0: One of the things I pointed out um, is that businesses aren't just winging it and attempting to maximize profit in any given moment and that they actually make business plans and they have expected like profit rate that they target and they don't really care about going beyond that target or anything like that. What They, they just want to meet that, um, and getting consistent profit and being able to consistently meet your targets is much better looking to investors than having a wildly all-over-the-place profit rate due to just winging it at any, at any given moment. And so that's why they plan for theft. They budget for for losses like that.
2: Yeah, exactly. I can tell you that our $100 million retail store, which is what we hit around the time I left, our shrink annually was 1%, no matter what. If we if we made $60 million in a year, it was 1%. If we made $100 million in a year, it was 1%. It was an actual statistical constant in how much we had, and we planned for it every single year. We would try to increase sales to decrease the amount uh, that theft actually mattered. Because 1%, you know, it's technically more when you make more money, but it looks like a lot less when you're comparing it to something like $100 million. A $1 million dollars out of $100 million doesn't seem as bad as if you're not making that much in profit. Because, you know, that $100 million, not all of it's going to go to profit. Only about, I think, $35 million or something like that.
0: It's a game of being able to predict what's going to happen. It's about being able to accurately predict what's coming in your future budgeting periods.
1: I think um, the interesting thing is the uh, fact that we're all totally okay with viewing the fact that shoplifting is a statistical thing. It's going to happen. All you can do is attempt to prevent it, but at the end of the day, it's still going to happen. And so you're going to have to account for it. And whether or not it's actually shoplifting or internal theft or operational error is extremely hard to determine. So it's even more important to just think of it as there's a statistical chance of shrink. And so we're totally fine with that. And I'm starting to believe from a lot of the discussions we've had with other people that they don't think the world is really so much uh, things are going to happen regardless. They think that rules and laws should be enforced to one hundred percent. If shoplifting is bad, which they believe it is, and that is according to them because it's illegal, it should just not happen. And so by us, what we're currently doing, saying that that's that shoplifting isn't entirely the worst thing in the world. In fact, it might just be okay. Uh, what they think we're doing is we're encouraging it to go from this one percent statistical thing up to like, or some absurd amount that makes companies lose profit and that kind of thing and as a mathematician which i'm going to claim to be here i am totally inclined to view the world as statistical models uh i mean i have my opinions on quantum mechanics that might be a bit outside that but the fact remains that it's it's best to view things as probabilities rather than exact events especially when you're talking with these big businesses on these big scales who gives a shit about a single person shoplifting besides the fact that if we let one get away then oh no two are gonna shoplift and even then who's gonna fucking shoplift a million dollars on their own
2: there's actually a very relevant i i uh... I forget who it was. I think it was Michael Parenti. Not in a lecture. I didn't watch his lecture. I, it, I heard it in a ska song. It was at the beginning, but um, it was a lecture he was giving. Is
0: that wait? Is this choking victim. You're listening to choking victim. Yeah, it's choking we talking, victim. <laughs>
2: we were talking about choking
0: victim earlier.
2: Yes. Um, but the the quote talks about how uh, the police actually expend more money stopping bank robbers. Uh, Than they do save the robbers from stealing, but it's not about the money. It's about letting people know, hey, you're gonna get you're gonna get trouble if you don't follow our rules.
1: That's well, yeah. Uh, I mean, as long as we're still on the topic about whether or not it hurts workers, I feel totally fine. Constantly plugging the thing I wrote about this because I I go into this a lot. Uh, okay, so if we assume. That uh, it's not about the culture. It's not about this abstract notion that shoplifting is bad. If we just assume that shoplifting isn't viewed as a moral action, it just as a statistical action, it becomes essentially you're trying to balance costs. How much are you expecting to lose versus how much are you willing to pay employees and police and security systems to ensure that it doesn't happen? It becomes an optimization problem. And so long as it's an optimization problem and not this cultural problem, it's really just an us versus them. It's the uh, how much theft is there versus how much can we pay people to stop theft. And if it's only like 1%, then why, why are we going to spend like all of this expense on it when it's really just like, and of course the answer becomes this whole cultural thing, which not to get meta, that's
2: kind of the entire point of these arguments. The thing about, because you were talking about weighing the, the consequences versus the profits and stuff, they've actually found ways to offset pretty much all of the cost of dealing with shoplifting. So in more, most Walmarts, the, the police are actually the ones who handle the shoplifters. They don't really, you know, they'll hire security and uh, asset protection, but they're not allowed to actually physically touch anybody or do anything. Their whole job is to call the police, get a license plate number. So it ends up, being once again a taxpayer's burden much like the low wages end up being a taxpayer's burden burden because most of their employees are on social safety net the the other thing is uh places uh, have been giving their employees quarterly bonuses however they've been using that as an excuse to keep the wages low and the bonuses are directly affected by the amount of shrink as we've talked about before, shrink is a constant. So most of the time those bonuses don't get paid out. However, when they factor it in over the life of the uh, of the program, it bumps the employees apparent wage up, you know, on paper. Like, oh, they've made this much. It's like, okay, but you gave them like fifty extra bucks every three months. Like doesn't really count.
0: Yeah, and it's like this this whole thing where they're just like dangling this pile this little bag of cash over their workers' heads that they never actually really intend to give to them that they know is going to go to shrink.
2: Exactly, or or it'll go to buying new equipment for the store or just you know, it never actually shows up. It very rarely does it show up and that's just to remind people it's there.
1: I had mentioned that to someone, and they immediately called it uh, theft, <laughs> which is interesting for uh, people that are constantly arguing that we're uh, all bad for saying theft is okay. Um, suddenly it's this thing that they said was okay for companies to do is now bad because it's theft, except that it's not because companies do it, so they, mu- they must not do it because it would be bad is essentially all, all that I got from that. And it, it, it's interesting because it really opens the eyes, I say, to what what the hell do people think theft is?
2: Yeah, they, they go after shoplifters, but they don't look at the fact that wage theft is actually the, the highest, you know, statistical amount of theft by far.
0: I also pointed out that any sort of punishment that a business may inflict on employees because of shoplifters, is wage theft it's employers committing wage theft that's not shoplifters hurting employees in some roundabout way
1: a consequence that has to be enforced by some enforcer in this case it'd be the company isn't really a consequence that uh can be completely blamed on the uh quote-unquote perpetrator which is uh think something that we're going to end up discussing a lot with just the fact that can you really completely blame someone for someone else punishing someone for that thing?
0: The answer is no. <laughs> yeah. Question for Cheech. Cause he may be able to answer. Uh, yes. So like I, I was trying to find information about employers punishing employees for shoplifting and like, how that plays out. When I when I googled it, I searched through like 10 pages of results. Um and every result was just uh it was either uh employees being fired for pursuing shoplifters or it was blog posts and think pieces by conservatives saying shoplifting hurts workers, but then they actually didn't have any evidence for that. Um so I was just wondering like what particularly like legally how does how does that work does that happen and how often does it happen like i don't know all, i have so many questions that couldn't be answered because there just isn't information out there on it
2: i'll try to do my best however i did work at walmart which was pretty much the worst of the worst like you can see all elements of why capitalism is bad if you go work at a walmart it's just all of it combined into one with the oligarchies and the uh, aristocracy of money, I
1: think worst case scenario is probably something that would actually be beneficial here. So it's yeah, good. and
0: like it just see, it just seemed like most of the I'll call them testimonials from people on Twitter just sounded like people were like largely misinformed on workers' rights and unions and stuff like that.
2: Oh, God, the the anti-union propaganda videos were the cringiest, worst things ever. People dressed up as employees going, I don't understand why anybody would support a union. All they want to do is take your money. Like, just the worst. The worst things. Those videos haunt me to this day. Just whole entire days of watching those videos. uh, About actual punishment. So at our store, most of it came from the bonus. Every quarter we were supposed to get a percentage bonus and it capped at like $500 or something, which, you know, every quarter for people who work minimum wage would have been amazing. However, I think we saw the most I ever saw was like 300 and that was after we like Got a new store manager and turned the store around because our previous store manager was doing a bunch of shady stuff to make it seem like we were doing really well, but really we were losing a bunch of money because of management not doing their job well enough. Because nobody's qualified in those positions, it's all a big networking game of who's buddy-buddying with who. Like, the if you work hard, you you end up getting stuck in your position in those kind of jobs, because the department will depend on you. And that's why most management is just, you know, they made friends with the current managers. So that's part of the reason why most of these places are just god awful and don't run very well. But the bonus was the biggest threat that they would hold over people's heads. You you got people getting fired all the time, you know, if they got caught stealing, they, they hardly even took legal action against actual just non-associate shoplifters they just kind of like oh you're banned from walmart for life you know if they stole like a big tv and did a bunch of stuff you know i think they actually tried to press charges but as soon as it went to legal stuff you couldn't get any information out of anybody you know the ap managers wouldn't even know anything at that point Mm mm-hmm But as somebody who uh, managed the actual merchandise, I can tell you that looking at the numbers of over six departments in my store, it was mostly ordering errors and stuff, not receiving product that was ordered and stuff like that, which is all internal loss because technically the warehouse that the same company owns still has the product. It ends up being a loss for the store but the company still has the product so it's not a loss for the company which ends up making it look like more stolen but really if you look at the grander scheme the the same amount of money is there not no money was lost
0: so what i'm hearing is that capitalism actually is bad at efficiently distributing
1: resources <laughs> <laughs> who would have thunk i feel like that will eventually be a running theme here uh
0: been a running theme it's gonna be a running theme it's always a running theme.
1: <laughs> that's it's just our current life you no know, what's interesting about I guess from my perspective talking to people that have actually experienced the uh, corporate side of loss prevention is that I used to talk to loss prevention people all the time back when uh, you know not to totally show my power level here but I used to go on 4chan <laughs> before it became the alt-right. Um <laughs> Look out over here. Right. Totally edgy. Uh, there used to be a lot of people that would just discuss like loss prevention, obviously, because a lot of them were really into uh, shoplifting. So, you know, <laughs> you're, essentially, uh, there were a lot of threads where it was just a discussion between people that were into shoplifting and people that were on the corporate end of essentially just telling you how to get away with it, <laughs> which is, you know, interesting. And what I find, you know, in in a hindsight sort of way, very interesting about that is the fact that 4chan is sort of right now like the center of like these shitty gamer cultures and the alt right. And what I'm seeing in my Twitter notifications right now is gamers all really like the law. <laughs> so it feels weird to me that,, uh, like five, six years ago, the type of people I was talking to that were promoting shoplifting, that type of person nowadays is throwing ableist language at me for even just saying extremely, like, (laughs) non-threatening forms of, I don't think all shoplifters are totally reprehensible. I guess what my point is that this brings us kind of to the further discussion of what these people do believe which is that it's immoral because it's illegal
0: yeah this brings us to the to the second primary argument we've received against shoplifting which is people who believe that stealing is wrong because they believe in things like laws and property
1: This is, of course, way more exciting than talking about uh, profits and optimization problems.
0: <laughs> yeah, all the all the numbers, the statistics, those things are boring.
1: Out, out the uh, fucking window. We're, we're about to talk about some goddamn philosophy. Let's do this. <laughs>
0: So the second, the second reason, moving on from hurting workers, the second reason that shoplifting is supposedly wrong, according to hordes of gamers on Twitter, um, is that stealing is wrong. Um, and they are wrong when they say that stealing is wrong. They're also wrong to say, uh, to bring up all stealing ever when we talk about shoplifting.
1: Yes, that's, that's two separate points, but I'm going to talk about the first point. So it's essentially saying that legality and morality are the same thing and if anything if you can really get them to tear it apart it's they believe that morality is a result of legality so that's just not true um
0: these people like believe that laws are put there by ultimate moral beings rather than politicians
1: (laughs) right before we get into the whole idea of like how bad law can actually be and how bad it is inherently would like to mention the fact that this entire idea of an argument is actually really relevant here because what happens with an economic system is that economic systems because as i said earlier true economy is about efficient distribution so any system that is employed by someone as economy is meant to uh rather than be efficient over the entire system, it's meant to be efficient towards them in resource distribution, which, you know, a totally efficient system over the entire thing for resource distribution would be stable because all resources are being stably, so long as the environment that it's in is stable. It is stable, but because there's this, you know, efficiency that's one-sided, it becomes unstable as an entire system, and that's part of the reason why we get like cyclical downfall in capitalism is the fact that it's just not a stable economic system so every once in a while something's going to happen that's going to cause it to collapse be it like over speculation or bubbles popping or whatever whenever this happens the system doesn't collapse and the system stays and you'd think if it failed why, why is it still here and that that's where this comes and that's a, that's a cultural backing because it isn't the thing that failed the people failed the system is perfect but the people in the system they they failed the system so that that's what a cultural backing does it offloads the blame from the system to the individuals in it and so when people are arguing against shoplifters that's what they're doing is they're promoting this culture that defends the status quo that keeps a backing to the economic system that avoids that total collapse which is why it's important that we talk about this because we the ones who want to be post-capitalism can't get there unless we destroy the cultural backing the sort of backbone first and just want to get that out of the way and after that we can talk about laws <laughs> so i
0: have a a fun little quote from Peter Kropotkin, um, to start us off talking about laws, in which he said, the law is an adroit mixture of customs that are beneficial to society and can be followed even if no law existed, and others that are of advantage to a ruling minority but are harmful to the masses of men and can be enforced on them only by terror. And this points to several things I want to say about laws. And the first is that they're not necessary And that, like, if something is good for society and good for people, it doesn't take enforcement through violence in order to maintain that. Like, you don't go around shooting your neighbors if, like, just because, like, there's no reason to do that.
2: You can see that theft and shoplifting and stuff is directly correlated with, you know, poverty and things like that. So oftentimes this you know people bring up stupid anecdotal evidence of like oh i saw this one guy steal an iphone this one time while ignoring the fact that most things stolen are things like food and n- essential uh items meat yeah <laughs> all shoplifting
0: was iphones and luxury handbags and whatnot like That doesn't mean that that's like all shoplifting has to be either. Like,
2: yeah, they're turning those iPhones into money to buy food and stuff. Like, okay, we added an extra step. Like it's still the same thing. What I,
0: what I mean by that is that like, is that like, if I say shoplifting is good actually, and someone says, no, it's bad because it's just people stealing iPhones. Then the point is that even if you think stealing iPhones is bad and stealing food is good, both of those things are shoplifting. And so, to say all shoplifting is bad because people steal iPhones, is to is to say that that people stealing food is bad, even if you actually don't think that people stealing food is bad. So you know that's a thing.
1: It's a thing that comes up way too often in these conversations. Is that whole idea of like they they can't decide whether theft is intrinsically bad, and you defending it makes you a bad person, or it's, it's good under these circumstances, but that's not what you're talking about.
0: But back to laws in particular, they have this idea that if there were no laws, then everyone would be stealing everything, they'd be killing each other, um, it would be absolute chaos, and everything would, it would be an apocalypse. And I just don't think there's any reason to believe that.
2: <laughs> it's the same argument as like, uh, a lot of religions use with like the threat of punishment after life. you know, if there wasn't this threat of punishment after life, how would people not go around killing each other and stealing things? And it's like then you look at places that are m- mostly non-religious and they have lower rates of those things. <laughs> it kind of comes down to this thing that I like to call, and I don't remember where
1: I heard it. I'm pretty sure I heard it somewhere, where authority justifies authority. And, you know, I'd go so far as to say that authority is exclusively justified by authority. All of these people like the laws because they don't know of a system outside of law. They, they can't imagine a system outside of laws. And so all they know is the system created by laws. Essentially, authority told them about authority. And that's their entire justification is that if we don't have law... We have whatever is outside of law, and that's bad because law is good, according to law.
0: Yeah, I just I, this is this is purely speculation, but I don't think it's I don't think it's unfair to say that most murders throughout history have been legally sanctioned.
2: Oh, definitely, with like wars and things like that.
0: War, war, genocide, death penalty, police murders, like. I'm going to say that makes up most human-on-human human deaths <laughs> throughout history. And that's, and that's, of course, just direct. W- one human kills another human. There are other ways for people to kill people, such as by denying them food, by protecting uh, property rights of stores.
2: <laughs> and that number is far larger than all the other ones.
0: Yeah. And uh, Howard Zinn agrees with me. I'm not going to just go around quoting a ton of people, though. But just know that Howard Zinn agrees with me said that all that stuff is the result of people obeying the law. I guess my next point is that if you're looking at humans, if you're trying to make the argument that oh, it's human nature to be to be nasty, to be evil—that's what someone said to me—to be competitive and want to get the upper hand on everyone else and fuck everyone else over and look out only for yourself. That doesn't make any sense, like, from an evolutionary biology perspective.
2: Crazy how the first humans uh, negated going into tribes and just killed each other until they all died out and we never got a chance to form civilizations.
1: I don't think it's in the notes. I think your notes are terrible for the section because they talk about evolutionary biology. Hey. Um. But um, as I, I sort of touched on earlier, this idea that uh, laws are the uh, progenitor of morality, whereas what actually happens is laws are created by the morals held by whatever class has the power to enact law. And this of course gets muddled by the fact that they keep old laws too. Viewing laws as like a basis of morality is kind of like viewing, you know, it's like a game of telephone. You know, kind of thing of that it just gets abstracted and abstracted and convoluted and abstracted and just becomes this, you know, completely unenforceable idea of like to say something is bad because it says somewhere in a book. You start to get like, you know, the the blue book laws like I can't walk over from Wisconsin to Minnesota with a duck on my head because that's illegal. Show me how is that immoral, though? The duck ca- doesn't care. The duck consented to it. <laughs> but according to the law, it doesn't matter. It's just illegal. Is that really a law? Somewhere it's written, but nobody's going to enforce it. Which is kind of funny on the topic of laws. Because there are literally laws that nobody wants to enforce. How does that fit into the, the sort of moral view of law? If you were to do it with your moral boundaries, how, how would you feel like... Oh, I don't murder anyone. Except for, you know, Craig down the road. Fuck fuck that guy. Don't feel like enforcing my morality when I'm around him. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a saucy fanfic.
2: (laughs) Not to mention that the system we have in place for deciphering the laws and determining you know what the law actually says historically sides with whoever has more power they they don't really actually try to decipher the law they just kind of weigh in the favor of who has more money or power or capital
1: oh yeah some really fun things uh, i found in these arguments with people uh one one guy said to me that i'm doing something that's completely against common sense which is defending a criminal and i asked him because i i thought this was bizarre because i just woke up and you know that feeling when you just wake up and you're like oh shit am i in the wrong universe again uh what do lawyers do and um according to this person uh lawyers don't defend criminals to prove that they're innocent they like they know they're guilty or something like that, and they're just whatever. Lawyers don't give a shit whether you're guilty or not. Their goal is to ensure that there's minimal retribution against you. Like, you could have, like, in the courtroom, stabbed seven people, and it's still the lawyer's job, as long as you can keep them on retainer to say, no, he didn't. What are you talking about? Those dead bodies were here when we got here.
0: Unless you're going to plead guilty, (laughs) in which case it's their job to say, Well, it wasn't that bad.
1: Right. And I mean, what moral reason did he have? And that becomes this other thing of like, someone kept saying like, well, that isn't going to hold up in a court of law. Not to get totally edgy internet nerd here, but there's this little thing called jury nullification. (laughs) Oh, God. And the fact that like, you're telling me it's not going to hold up in a court, but what kind of court? Because if there's a jury there, it could very well hold up. If I, if I stole something, and I absolutely needed it, and the entire jury sympathizes with me, but the law says, oh no, you can't, the jury's allowed to say, I didn't. And I mean, they're even technically allowed to say, I did, but I don't deserve any retribution for it.
0: Yeah, they're, they're allowed to say, well, they're guilty, but they don't get punishment, because that's messed up. And they're allowed to say, they're not guilty.
1: It also sort of points to the fact that none of these people seem to understand law at all, which is, I mean, fair. I mean, I wouldn't understand law if I didn't live in a country where law was all
2: over the place. Well, I, I want to know why these people who are defending lawyers have never seen a piece of media referencing a lawyer, because notoriously lawyers are talked about in jokes and pieces of media as, you know, always going to hell and stuff because they don't have they sell out their morals for money. Like, that's every movie I've ever seen that involves a lawyer that isn't surrounding a lawyer usually portrays them in kind of a negative light.
1: Thing is, I don't think they were even considering lawyers. I think they just saw that I was defending shoplifters and were immediately like, well, common sense would dictate that you uh, don't defend criminals. Yeah, but we live in a, a democratic society. We're supposed to, anyway, live in an innocent until- proven guilty sort of culture do we obviously fucking not assuming we do it's totally reasonable to defend like I mean I, I'm implying it here to morals obviously rather than legality but is it wrong for someone to do something? I think in this case at least it comes down to well let's
2: you know discuss it rather than go no they stole that's bad I think the uh, my favorite part of these kind of arguments are when. You have these people who portray these giant, massive, multinational, trillion dollar corporations in this kind of like victim status. Like, oh, they poor them, they get stolen from, you know, they paid money for it, it's their stuff. When uh, actually, these giant corporations have historically used shoplifting to force smaller. Businesses smaller retail businesses out of the market because for example before Walmart most stores that you bought pretty much anything at They, they didn't have everything For you to go touch and pick out and stuff like that you would you know, it's kind of set up how Ikea's Are I don't know if either of you have ever been to an Ikea fucking love Ikea go on
0: literally never been to an Ikea <laughs>
2: It, it, they were set up like that, you know, they had models and stuff on display and you'd write down what you wanted and somebody would go in the back, get everything for you, you pay for it and you take it. Totally resistant to massive shoplifting, you know, besides like heists and stuff like that. But then these companies that could afford these massive shrink numbers because they knew it was gonna happen, especially after they reduced the amount of labor hours in a given labor market. The smaller companies couldn't afford to take that hit on the profit margin and would therefore get absorbed by the bigger company, thus helping them spread perpetually. So what you're saying is, is the ability
1: for theft to not affect someone is actually what brought about our current sort of monopolized or duopolized, if you want to get a kind of retail market.
2: Yeah, exactly. Neat. (laughs) shoplifting is only bad because it helps big companies so only shoplift from big companies
1: you see the thing is is that i already wrote a thing saying that it's okay to shoplift from big companies uh however every time i mention it a lot of people go yeah but you didn't talk about small businesses but i feel like that's relevant to something here
0: i made a point um this isn't in the notes but in in one of the screenshots of my tweets that's going around um I said <laughs> cuz you're popular because I'm I'm popular. I told someone they need to stop aggrandizing small businesses like there's some unsung heroes out there making it on their own and like they're actually just like some like idea someone had while drunk um like in like they're like they got really drunk and were like oh I thought of a way to exploit people. Like that's, that's all it is. It's like some some local dude with more with slightly more money than he needed was like, wait a minute, what if I could exploit people? Like what if I could join the oppressing class?
1: Like just dude down at the tavern just smashed fucking drunk and he's just like, you know what, guys, you No, know it's never been done before? We sell used books. <laughs> <laughs> we can hire a bunch of students, just have them fucking sell books, and then these people on the internet is like, holy shit, this guy's a genius.
0: yeah no. small businesses are not like good guys something else that got brought up a lot in regards of shoplifting and stealing and laws is that they would say if shoplifting is okay then breaking into your house and stealing your stuff is okay
1: Um, That, that one actually like I mean I don't get emotional on the internet a lot but watching literally thousands of people all agree That, hey, this person said shoplifting was okay. Why don't we go rob them of everything they own and watch them cry? So you're calling us unsympathetic towards workers or whatever because we said shoplifting was okay. But because we did that, you want to watch us cry as you destroy our entire livelihood. And it just sort of come. it's sort of on the vein of that legality thing. I think something that we didn't mention quite yet on there is the fact that they talk about consequences a lot and, you know, how this hurts someone or whatever. But retributive justice is an arbitrary consequence where you essentially torture someone for an action you deem to be immoral or in most cases, somebody just told you it was wrong. So you get to torture people for it.
0: I mean, there's all that, but also I just find it really funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 hilarious how much they try to make it seem like a bigger deal because they're incapable of actually discussing just shoplifting. This is it bad? Tell me.
2: Yeah, so you um, see, scale isn't a thing, and everything is literal and works on a system of it's either bad or good. There's no in-between.
0: Yeah, no I mean, exceptions. my point is that my point here is that not all stealing is shoplifting, and shoplifting is not all stealing, and that there are types of stealing that I don't encourage, such as such as stealing from your neighbors. <laughs> and yeah. like, there's a huge difference between a person, a human being, and a business. And these people are against shoplifting because, like, one person was like, "Oh, I, I, I wish I could be pro." You know, mothers taking food for their kids from businesses, but that would mean that that stealing from your neighbors is okay because that's the thieves' mentality. And it's like, okay, so you're worried that people won't have class consciousness, and that's why we shouldn't encourage people to have class consciousness. Is that? Right.
1: Well, it's just sort of it leads to a lot of people just you know completely laying out their hand with regards to their actual morality when they start comparing shoplifting to other things and like without like any consideration for the fact that contextually speaking you are comparing shoplifting to rape and murder and mostly those two oddly enough um
2: the worst ones
1: i'm trying to think of a third one but i have yet to literally hear anything else um fraud oh you think Stealing no. from your
0: neighbor's home invasion, I, I guess. Well, yeah, I
1: mean, that's still in the same sort of vein of, like... They're just saying, like, well, theft of any sort is okay, then. So is these. And, like, yeah, I guess it's fair to say that, yeah, other sorts of theft obviously aren't as well. But, like, they immediately are what they're declaring, essentially. And they'll try to distance themselves from this because... You know, they want to make it seem like they're completely detached from the words they're saying. But what they're saying is without laws, if I'm willing to steal, I'm willing to murder or rape someone. And like, dude, that's fucked up. Yeah, That's not yeah. us being fucked up here. That's you openly admitting that you morally combine these ideas. You see no, it's no worse to you to literally murder someone than to take a fucking candy bar from a store is what you've just told me.
0: Yeah, they're saying that they're saying that the the law is their only moral guide, and without it, they would just be okay doing all these horrific things.
1: I feel like these people just need to be fucking Nuremberged. <laughs> war
0: crimes, all of them. They hey, they were just following orders.
1: The law said it was okay.
0: So, like the ethics of stealing from stealing from your neighbors versus stealing from a business. Um, there's like. A very clear difference between a a store putting a can of beans on a shelf and a can of beans in the shelf of my home and that in my like if i have a can of beans on my shelf i'm clearly intending to eat that whereas a business is clearly intending to get rid of that the if you if you take a can of beans off the shelf of the store and don't pay for it um like you the you've 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 executed the purpose that that can of beans was intended for you just didn't play by their rules
1: you you want you, you you want to hear a great conspiracy theory about linguistics <laughs> sure so when you're storing see when you're storing a can of beans in your pantry that's a store you you've stored it right when you're buying something when you're shopping for a can of beans that's a shop but we call a store a place where you shop as well as a shop. And that's because these people can't tell the difference between storing something and shopping for something. They they think it's all, it's just there. It's a thing that exists somewhere in the universe. A store and a shop, they're the same thing. Big community store, the shop. That's that's my uh, linguistic conspiracy theory about how they're trying to uh, push this agenda of uh, the conflation of robbery with shoplifting.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think that's a good point. I think we should. I think we should treat shops like stores. <laughs> Just take from them. It's like
1: a big pantry.
0: It's a big pantry.
1: Uh, yeah, I said this in the group chat. Uh, I'm because these people have accused me of a lot of this stuff. I am now inventing a new ideology. I call it shopliftism. It's where. Uh, the distribution centers all still exist they distribute to stores and rather than going through a point of sale at the store you just walk in you grab the stuff you want or need and you just walk out and this it exists in every community um this has never been nobody's ever theorized this before obviously which is why no, i get to name it sh- yeah th- that's why i it's get to name brand it sh- new upliftism idea. Or as uh, Peter uh, pointed out, I think it was Peter, one of the olds, (laughs) call called Liftism.
0: Yeah, Liftism. (laughs) Liftism. But yeah, businesses have things in excess. And someone someone pointed out to me that small businesses don't always have things in excess. At which point (sighs) I have to point out that uh, if you're trying to sell something, you have it in excess. You're trying to get rid of it. I'm not trying to sell the beans in my cupboard. I actually don't have beans in my cupboard right now. (laughs) Um,
1: I just think beans are a good example for everything, always. I just love
0: beans. I'm so pro-legume. You don't even know.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, whereas if you break into someone's home, you have no idea what they intend to part with, unless you're digging through their trash. But like, why would you do that?
2: Is
1: stealing trash really stealing? Well, yeah, I mean, you you write that off. But uh, someone did in their, uh, you know, uh, infinite mercy, we'll call it, suggest uh, if you want to steal stuff, why don't you go dumpster diving? Because that is stuff that they're actively trying to get rid of, which, as you're saying here, that's everything they have. The difference here is that they don't have an expectation of payment with this, except I hate hate to break uh, out the good old cultural argument from previously. They do. They, They lock dumpsters. Why did they lock dumpsters? They don't expect payment for the containment of that dumpster. What they do expect is for people to pay for stuff. Not that stuff. That stuff's not meant to be paid for. People still have to pay for stuff, so they don't get that stuff. Which is why dumpster diving in a lot of cases is, you know, sort of looked down upon by companies and they'll attempt to stop it through like locking dumpsters and stuff, but how much can they really do? In a lot of places it's just not illegal, there's no enforcement on it.
2: Well, locking the dumpster technically makes that act illegal because you have to break and enter into, you know, damaged property. Oh, and there's a lot of food that goes to waste. Every day, every night, the bakery would throw away perfectly good stuff that hadn't even gone stale, but it would go stale by the next day and put it in locked dumpsters in the back.
0: It's at this point, I think we should say we are, in fact, pro-dumpster diving
1: as well. Yeah, I'm not against dumpster diving. I'm just also (laughs) pro-shoplifting. Now, uh, this sort of brings us back to the uh, previous discussion about the concept of economy.
0: Yeah, talking about economy, asking people to pay for things is literally just a preventative measure on people having things. It is a restriction on the efficient distribution of resources.
1: Or, as I like to call it, not economy.
0: It's what Thorsten Veblen calls sabotage. However, I don't think he called prices literally sabotage, um, but it is, he should have. It fits in line perfectly with what he's talking about.
1: So. Because, you know, we talk about all this, and if you read our Twitter bios, it's clear that we're not pro-capitalism, which is part of the reason why we're totally fine with people living outside of it through whatever means necessary, but it also leads to the sort of uh, misunderstanding where people think what we're saying, even though we've given absolutely zero indication to that fact. Big emphasis on zero. I literally have no idea where they come up with this, is the assumption that we think that shoplifting is somehow anti-capitalist praxis.
0: Yeah, or that shoplifting is somehow going to bring down Walmart or or capitalism in general.
1: Stole a pack of gum, take that, Wally. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, my immediate response
0: to someone asking, like, how do you think shoplifting is going to end capitalism is to say, who cares? Like, not not right. every action has to be the thing that will bring down capitalism or even like part of the equation that brings down capitalism
1: right and i mean functionally as we've discussed companies are aware of shoplifting so you're not throwing them off guard you're not existing outside of their known realm you're not changing anything they know shoplifting happens so it's not really you know praxis to shoplift but i'll tell you what is praxis is telling people to shoplift.
0: yeah (laughs) shoplifting itself eh, it's whatever but creating a culture where people don't respect property rights and prioritize human needs and desires over those property rights is a good anti-capitalist thing to do and everyone should do it
1: right and i mean obviously i mean when you talk with like leftists and stuff you're going to get a lot of arguments about uh the way to get to your ideal society and a lot of people will mock the uh sock dems or the dem socks or whatever for what they call uh like focusing on the current condition and not thinking outside of it but shoplifting is a pretty clear thing we're clearly talking about right now Mm -hmm. you know what can we do right now and while i don't think you know, stealing something is going to destroy the economy. It's going to tear down capitalism. is going to fix the world. I do think it's going to get you something that you need or maybe something you want. I don't give a shit. And your life is going to be better. I mean, so long as you don't get caught and there's no legal consequences or whatever, but as long as you do it and you actually get the thing that you desired, your life is probably better.
0: Uh, yeah, another misconception is that people think that, that, as far as anti-capitalism goes, they think that someone shoplifting is trying to, you know, bankrupt Walmart or something like that. <laughs> At which point, Peter would joke and say, like, if your shoplifting isn't <laughs> bringing down Walmart, you need to shoplift more.
1: What was it we said? Thirty-five million.
0: What? What about thirty-five million?
1: What the uh, the amount of money worth of stuff you'd have to shoplift in order to outweigh the uh profits
2: yeah at a at a hundred million dollar store well what's it at now (laughs) one million
0: how much much shoplifting do we have to do (laughs)
2: 34 million more but that's the thing there there are those places where they hit higher numbers and they they like fire all the employees and come in with like the corporate team who goes through people's social media accounts and make sure they're like on the up and up or whatever you know they're not going to go around stealing
1: okay yeah yeah okay so so anyway it's, it's, the, the the idea the idea there
0: is not that it's a destructive behavior that's going to destroy capitalism and corporations and walmart or fred meyer or whoever is, is that it's it's a constructive thing that makes people the people doing its lives better as long as they succeed in it
2: it's like destroying capitalism the end goal but a hungry person being fed is a hungry person being fed like yeah
0: it's a good thing or like if you i've been really into the idea of building a solar heater out of aluminum cans lately Nerd. and like <laughs> like
2: if
0: i if i do that that doesn't you know i didn't destroy capitalism i didn't destroy fossil fuels i didn't you know whatever i didn't destroy the energy companies but i made my heating bill lower and that's a good thing that's a good way for me to meet my needs and survive outside of capitalism. as i like
1: to say a uh, a person acting outside of a paradigm isn't a person acting against that paradigm yes also uh illegalism i wanna i wanna just get this out of the way because people um a lot of illegalists do tend to be just like edgy little bastards that just do illegal (laughs) shit for fun and you know all the power to them but at its core illegalism is more about that uh existing outside of the paradigm rather than existing against the paradigm it's more about just ignore the laws rather than well this is illegal let's go do that today here's my checklist of illegal shit to do today kind of thing you know Steal a car, blow up a blah, 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 bank. The state's going to be rad.
0: It's a strategy we like to call ghosting the state.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Ghost he, the fuck out of the state.
0: He just ignore the laws and do things regardless.
1: They literally can't do anything to you if they can't get their hands on you. Uh,
0: <laughs> Don't answer their texts and, and they can't get you.
1: <laughs> they can't get you if you're quick. Yeah. <laughs> sort of t- touch back onto that whole idea of what actually is about this anti-capitalism. Uh, we, we get into that idea of, again, the culture, uh culture wherein, you know, we ignore, we exist outside the paradigm of property rights. And so we have to really sort of nail down what, what exactly do we mean by this?
0: So ownership, ownership is violence. Uh, next question, <laughs> right? So one person was going on and on to me about, on Twitter about how de- stealing is wrong. That's the first thing, and I said, ownership is is backed up by violence. And they're like, no, it's not. It's violent to to steal something. It's not violent to you know be locked in a cage, which is ridiculous and like clearly wrong. <laughs> I would say ownership is backed by violence, and they'd say. No, it's it, uh, I I own it because because I own it, and if you steal it, then you're gonna get arrested and thrown in jail. That's just a consequence of your action that has nothing to do with my with my my ownership of it. Like that that has everything to do with your ownership of it. <laughs> you're like you're allowed to think that the violence that protects ownership is justified. You're, you're wrong at that, but you're allowed to think that. Whereas it just takes some serious cognitive dissonance to not recognize that there is a violence protecting ownership.
1: And this is why, as I said, property rights and ownership in general need to be fucking murked. (laughs) (laughs) And I like that wording because we we say abolished to everything. And, uh, I mean, we should abolish roads, we should abolish cars... We should abolish lawns, but we need to fucking murk property rights.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, property rights, fucking murked. That's our plan for that. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts on ownership, violence, states, etc. That just, like, gets really way into, like, evolution of human society.
1: Possibly outside the scope of this. Um, Definitely
0: outside the scope of that, but... But yeah, ownership is, based, is protected by state violence, just because you aren't personally committing a violent act to protect your property, doesn't mean that that's not exactly what someone else is doing. Just because you outsourced the violence doesn't mean that it's not violence or that it's not happening. So
1: a lot of, uh, just besides the fact that that's just not what law is, uh, we, we talk a lot about the difference between And I mean, there's also the economic function, but the difference between stealing from someone and stealing from a store, there's important distinctions between the property of that person and the property of that store. And the leftists will typically use the language to draw this line as uh, private versus personal property, where personal property refers to items intended for personal use, such as, you know, as everyone says, the toothbrush, whereas private property is a legal relationship that defines the restrictions of other people from using that item such as theft it protects them from theft through that whole violence and but it's uh we don't like that wording because it's bad
0: Yeah, that wording doesn't give any indication as to what those things are when you talk about them. To most people, private property does refer to things like their toothbrush, their house, their car, their clothes.
1: Right, so in this leftist definition, it might be easier to say private property is something that is owned but not used by the person. And if we're gonna say that, and given that private property means something else to anyone, it, it might be more apt to say instead absentee ownership rather than private property. It's language that explicitly refers to what we're talking about as opposed to, oh yeah, like 50 years ago this guy wrote a book and if you don't read that book, you're fucking wrong.
0: Yeah, absentee ownership is bad and it's what we're against and it's what businesses do and you're allowed to take things from absentee owners.
1: And that, that includes yachts? That includes yachts.
2: Especially yachts.
0: Always steal yachts.
2: Except for Lil Yachty.
0: Yeah, don't steal Lil Yachty. Uh, yeah, thanks to our good friend Cheech for coming on the show.
2: Yes, thanks for having
0: me. Do you have anything you'd like to you'd like to plug? Your Twitter, uh, uh, your small business that you own?
2: Yeah, my small business? My, I, I have a small shit posting factory mm. that I own. Don't worry, it's a co-op. That's twitter.com backslash Cheech Guevara. Yeah, thanks for letting me shit up your podcast a little bit.
0: Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Goth Angel with no vowels. Uh, if you really care about preventing shoplifting, we have a Patreon you can donate to so that we don't have to shoplift at patreon.com slash Goth again with no vowels. Uh, we have an Instagram using the same username that we used for the previous two accounts. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at shit post scarcity except there's no i in shit
1: and you can follow me on twitter at truebot t r e w b o t and uh, have a good night and be sure to join us next sextidy for part 2 of goth angel centers when we discuss the past present and future of catalonia